Come to our ninth lesson in this story and narrative of redemption. Would you hear this reading from John chapter 1, verses 1 through 14? In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God, and all things were made through Him, and without Him was not anything made that was made. In Him was life. And the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to bear witness about the light that all might believe through him. He was not the light, but came to bear witness about the light. The true light, which gives light to everyone, was coming into the world. He was in the world, and the world was made through him, yet the world did not know him. He came to his own, and his own people did not receive him. But to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God, who were born, not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us. And we have seen his glory, glory as the only son from the father, full of grace and truth. This is the gospel of the Lord. Pray with me. Father, we pray this morning that you would show us your truth and that your truth would set us free. It's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. Every year, at least in the English-speaking world, there is a word of the year. This word of the year, uh, at least officially, is derived from Webster's, Merriam-Webster's dictionary and the scholar's that are behind that historic publication since the early 1800s, and then also the Oxford English Dictionary. Oxford English Dictionary and the group of scholars with that organization, as it relates to 2020, were unable to come up with one word that would be deemed the word of the year in 2020. There are many words that they could choose from that rose in prominence this year. One such word is... Coronavirus. Coronavirus was not created as a word in 2020. It existed prior to 2020. However, in 2020, the word coronavirus was referenced or at least looked up 164,000% more than in the year 2019. So Oxford put the word coronavirus, if you will, kind of in their top 10 of 2020, also COVID-19, COVID unprecedented, lockdown, social distance, reopening, super spreader, and mail-in. There will be a day, I'm sure, when you will not be sad to not hear any of those words in regularity and in the common vernacular as we've heard them so much. Well, unlike Oxford, Merriam-Webster's scholars and dictionary did deem a word of the year in 2020, and the word that they deemed for the word of the year in 2020 simply was pandemic, rooted in two words, pan, meaning all, and demos, meaning people, all people, pandemic. Well, there's a word in our first reading from Genesis chapter 3 today that I want to think about for a few moments as I use this time to really shortly summarize the scope of the readings 
this morning, which follow the redemptive pattern of history. And the word that we see in Genesis chapter 3 is a word that changed everything forever. The word in Genesis chapter 3 also could be characterized as a pandemic. The word definitely relates to all people. And it's important really to think about a word because words change us. We heard as children, I have no idea if little children still say this or not, but sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me. Of course, James disagrees with that. The Bible disagrees with that. And our lives as a testimony definitely disagree with the fact that words don't hurt us. Not only can words hurt us, but words can heal us because words change us. Eugene Peterson said, a sentence of words is a marvelous thing. It takes us out of ourselves and puts us into relationship with others, with real time, and with reality. You see, words change us. Well, a word that changed everything in Genesis chapter 3 is the word cursed. I don't know if you noticed the word in the initial reading this morning, but the word cursed. The word is used not as a curse word, but descriptive in and of itself as God is speaking to the serpent, and he says, you will be cursed, and everything that follows you will be cursed. And then this word, which is a curse word, is manifested and fleshed out throughout the rest of the third chapter of Genesis, where God goes on to declare that Adam and Eve's life and everyone after Adam and Eve will live under this curse. Well, it feels like that, does it not? And 2020 is not the only year that we have to live under a curse. We always, as human beings, have to live under the curse of sin and suffering and death. Believe it or not, theologians speak about sin and brokenness in terms that are scientific or medical. They use words like parasitic. They use words like viral. They use words like cancerous. We all live under the viral pandemic effects of the original curse of sin and brokenness. But curse is not the only word that's worth highlighting from Genesis chapter 3 in our first reading today. There's also not only cursing in Genesis 3, but the good news is there's blessing as well. In Genesis chapter 3, verse 15, it's what theologians call the proto-euangelion, the first proclamation of the gospel. Because when God told the serpent in the beginning, not only will he be cursed, he goes on to say, you will have your head crushed by him, and he, and you will strike his heel. He will crush your head, and you will strike His heel. Well, who is he that is speaking of giving blessing in the midst of a curse? Well, the he that is spoken of in Genesis chapter 3 is the same he that is spoken of in John chapter 1 that I just read. He is a word. In fact, himself embodies the word. He himself, that is Jesus, God in the flesh, 
takes on the blessing in his very nature to overcome this previous word that people had dwelt in throughout the whole Old Testament, living under the curse of sin and brokenness and death, longing for another word, longing for a Messiah, longing for deliverance, longing for the word himself, which has become flesh, John chapter 1 tells us. And how will this word in John chapter 1 overcome the initial word and concept of the parasite and the pandemic of sin and brokenness from the curse? How will this word overcome the curse? Well, Galatians chapter 3 says, there will be one, He, Jesus Christ, overcame the curse. How? By becoming a curse. So we have to live in the reality of this word that really hangs over any and everything. The world is not as bad as it could be, but there's no part of human creation, there's no part of our life that is unaffected by the curse. So there's no part of our existence in our lives, our minds, our hearts, our own lives, other people's lives, our friends, our family, the world at large that does not have to deal with the effects of this word, the curse. And therefore we long for the curse to be removed. And then we hear the gospel in Galatians chapter 3 where it says that Jesus Christ himself came as the word in order to receive this word, cursed. The apostle Paul states what was common in that day, cursed is everyone who hangs upon a tree. And so here we have the word from John chapter 1 where the hymn that we just sang The silent word is pleading. He is pleading as he dies on a cross in order to reverse the curse that has dominated our lives. This word that hangs so heavily over us is usurped by another word. The word of sin and suffering and ultimately death is overcome by this word, God himself, Jesus Christ in the flesh, as he hangs upon the tree and dies upon a cross and takes curse himself and takes it away from us. So much so that Martin Luther historically wrote, in a mighty fortress is our God, speaking of Genesis chapter 3, verse 15, that he would crush his head and you would strike his heel. Martin Luther writes in the 16th century, one little word shall fell him. One little word when Christ died on the cross not only took down the word in the kingdom of Satan, but Christ's death on the cross, his birth, his death, and his resurrection completely reversed the curse forever, so much so that we read in conclusion in Revelation chapter 22, verse 3. So we've got a curse in Genesis 3. We've got this word in Galatians chapter 3, becoming a curse. And then we have a vision in Revelation chapter 22, verse 3, that uses this word again, curse. But what is the vision that John has in Revelation chapter 22, verse 3, when we think about curse? John says, no longer when Christ comes again in his second advent will there be any curse. 
No more let sins and sorrows grow or thorns infest the ground. He comes to make his blessings flow. How far? As far as the curse is found. Let's pray. Father, we thank you that your word pleads silently for us. We thank you that you've given us yourself as the word. We thank you that the word cursed does not define us. We long for the day when there will be no more curse. We pray that we would hope and celebrate in that reality even now. We pray these things in Christ's name. Amen.